0: everybody and welcome to the Aces Loaded Podcast. My name is Zach Baerudy. I am the new play-by-play broadcaster for the Reno Aces. I am joined today by Vince Rafino. He is the senior marketing manager and he is also my producer and co-host for episode one, part of a rotating cast of producers and co-hosts from the <laughs> Aces front office as we move forward. Uh, we hope you're all doing well. Vince, are you doing well over there?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be with you. I'm excited to join and get this podcast going, Zach. We've been able to get to know each other a little bit um, now the last few weeks putting this together, um, but how, yeah, I mean, I'm just in quarantine. How's your quarantine life going?
0: It's going well, man. I mean, so I'm coming to you guys from Northern California and you're, it looks like you're in, uh, in, a, in some kind of Aces bunker in uh, presumably <laughs> Northern Nevada. Uh,
1: is that where you are? I am. I am in uh, Northwest uh, Reno is, uh, is where I've taken up the residence here. I've, I moved here. Uh, this is my third year living in okay. Reno, um, but uh, I lived in South Reno the first year, and in my last two years here, I've been in Northwest.
0: Uh, I would have been living in Reno for about a week now <laughs> had this thing not happened, but so, so it is, and so here we are, uh, and, and we hope you're all doing well, staying safe, and what this is, and we hope it'll be, uh, this this space is an opportunity uh, to bring the ACEs to you, for us to bring the ACEs to you, uh, so you can get to know us better. Uh, and you'll find that, that the ACEs are not going away through this, this COVID crisis. So they're very much gonna be here through you know interactive things like this, through being a part of the community. And we're gonna talk with Eric Edelstein, the president of the ACEs later on in, in the show. But uh, this is also an opportunity for us to serve as a community platform for everybody in Northern Nevada. We want to keep you guys informed and up-to-date with information. We'll let you hear from community leaders. Uh, and if you're wondering about baseball, heck yes. We're going to have a lot of baseball. We're going to talk a ton of baseball. We're going to bring you baseball guests as well. Hopefully some some Aces players, maybe some coaches, uh, depending on, on who might be available uh, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, but that's the vision for this space, for the Aces Loaded Podcast. Um, and you know we can do a lot of things from quarantine, man. So this is what I this is what I have discovered. This is my big discovery over this this period is that you can accomplish quite a bit just sitting in your house. And I don't know about you, Vince, but I think this is going to change things moving forward for a lot of businesses and, and how they operate.
1: Oh, for sure. And you know, in all honesty, we at the Aces have been um, kind of moving towards something a little bit or being prepared a little bit more than other other minor league teams. Um, you know, last year we tried out a, um, a flexible schedule workday where it was all about efficiency and based on results. Um, and so, you know, not being set to office hours for eight hours a day, can you get your work done in five if you're efficient with those times. Um, with that came us trying to get um, all employees laptops, which we were crazy fortunate just a few weeks back that um, everyone got set up with a laptop just as we were heading off into quarantine. It, it just so happened that way um, that we uh, all have that. Um, so the ability now for everyone to work from home there's uh, systems like slack and Microsoft teams where um, sports organizations are able to host meetings just like you're in the office where everyone's there on a video conference um, have one-to-one conversations um, message each other whatever the case may be so um, yeah we're not in the office but we could still be really efficient and useful in our time um, and how we're doing it um, it's just a little bit different like a, like a, everyone's kind of adjusting to you know not not being in the office at the same time and having those conversations at would normally be happening face to face.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. You know, you and I, along with a lot of other people in the office, talk on a, on a daily basis. And you tell me that you are as busy as ever, which might surprise some people. Like, you know, baseball goes away and here we are supposed to be opening week. You, you were supposed to be ridiculously busy this week. And, and despite the fact that baseball has gone away for the time being, that hasn't changed, right? Like you're still, no. you're still really busy over there. What are you doing?
1: We're still cranking things out. So we have this podcast that uh, obviously we wanted to get off the ground with you, Zach, and and get rolling. Um, But for us, it was launching the BLC, which I think we'll talk a little bit more about. You'll hear Eric later in the episode um, talk about that's been a big project of ours. And for us, we're using this time um, as research and development. So what can we invest more time in so that when we do come back to baseball, we're more prepared and we're more ready to um, engage with our fans. Um, You know, I'm kind of repping the Pacers right now. Um, they're our parent organization. Um, I've been working with them a lot on some new technologies we've been trying to develop. Um, shout out to them for, for all the help. But it's things like this podcast, those research and development projects that are getting further down the road that normally if we're preparing for baseball right now, um, there's no way we can be um, getting into those kind of conversations and having the depth that we have. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, the, the trick for us is we had to switch quickly over from worrying about getting our fans out and knowing about the season that was upcoming to really more about being a, um, you know, a focal point for the community and trying to get the message out there from, the, you know, the local uh, healthcare workers and how we can help raise money and um, just try to be um, as much for this community as, as possible. But with that comes a lot of uh, changes that we have to make behind the scenes in terms of um, how we're handling these new projects. and. Um, you know, then uh, how we can go and best execute, you know, all the, the great ideas that we have and, and that partners bring to us.
0: I want to, I want to get into like how the, how the events unfolded for, I and mean, you and I can, can talk <laughs> about our experiences with like when this became real for everybody. Um, I'll let you go first and, and then I'll piggyback on you, but when, like, when did this become real for you and, and, and when did you kind of first realize that, you know, we might not have baseball in April for the first time since the 1800s?
1: I think the uh, that that crazy night that everyone kind of references, the night where uh, the NBA really kind of shut things down and, and kind of became the start for the country, I think that's the first time that it became a reality for me too that we're probably not going to be able to start on time and, and probably starting in April is unrealistic. It's not going to be a two-week shutdown and then we're back up to business. And so that's kind of when that first – Pit hit my stomach, um, as I'm sure a lot of sports fans and, um, you know, anyone kind of had those emotions on that night. Um, so for me, that's when it kind of hit. Um, the next few days were kind of crazy with all the news coming out. I know that we were in the office. I think that was on a Thursday, so on a Friday we were back in the office. Or it might have been over the, on a Friday. And then we had the weekend, and we came back on Monday. And it that that feeling walking into the stadium was, was, was different from any time before just because uh-huh. other sports leagues had been – shut down and it it almost felt like it wasn't appropriate for us to be there. It it, it just was odd and and a few hours in um, was when, you know, the government uh, in Nevada started shutting down uh, all of non-essential businesses and stuff and we ended up kind of gathering our things and and heading off into seclusion where we've been here for the last few months. So I would say those few days and then the week, you know, after that of just what fell out from from all of those changes and having to adjust on the fly, was really that week was that was a tough week
0: yeah yeah no doubt man uh i was at our so i i'm also the play-by-play broadcaster for the pacific tigers uh men's basketball team yeah. in the west coast conference i know people in northern nevada are familiar their arrival of, of unr non-conference rival former big west rivals when they were both in that league uh but i was in vegas and like to think back to where i was the week before i mean literally the day before the nba Went down like I think the NBA stopped playing on that Wednesday, March. I want to say like the 11th or something like that. I'm looking at my calendar right now, it was the 11th. Um, and I had gotten back from Vegas that morning, and then the NBA shuts down that night, and that's when it really became very real. And to think back, like how normal everything seemed in Vegas, like little did I know, I was probably in a cesspool. that that week of like people still being crammed together still at the tables still going to the the basketball tournaments but but that's i think when it became very real for me and it was just a stark contrast to, to where i had just been in vegas and all of a sudden they're saying you're not gonna probably not gonna have baseball in the month of april it was a tough pill to swallow dude like it was really
1: tough i think i think why it hit home um you know, maybe a little, little later than others. I know some people were on this a little bit sooner, but for me was that denial factor. I'm not gonna, you know, sugarcoat it as a diehard baseball fan. um, You know, I think I was in a little bit of a denial too early on just kind of thinking, okay, Hey, it's a two week hiatus and, and we'll get back. And, and again, trying to, it's that line you play in your head of trying to be optimistic while also realistic at the same time and not trying to convince yourself of, uh, of something otherwise, just because you might not like the results. So Um, it, it was tough, you know, and and like we talked about, that's, it's hard. And I think a lot of sports fans are still kind of adjusting. And I think now we've kind of found a new quote unquote normal, but, um, it's, it's not going to last forever.
0: What's your, let me ask you, what's your realism and what's your optimism for when the baseball season might start? Like, what do you, what do you consider your optimistic date and what in your mind is your realistic date?
1: I think optimistic would be June 1st. For major, for major league teams, and that would probably be without any fans in the stadium in some sort of controlled location, um, like a spring training or, or something along those lines. Um, I think a more realistic approach would be July 1 and beyond. Um, uh, it's not out of the realm of question. It's probably 60-40 right now, if I had to give you a percentage, in, in my gut, and just what mm-hmm. I um of. Uh, us starting earlier versus later. I think the major leagues are going to have to get it going. I think things are going to get going in increments, like I said, with empty stadiums first. And then um, it's a unique challenge bringing the minor league system into that um, when you have the major league teams you know, located in major cities where um, it might take longer time to eradicate or, or help slow down the, the outbreak versus uh, a Reno or a small minor league Triple A market that might be ready to get up, run up and running in the next month or two. So, can they get the minor leaguers going um, for those smaller cities that are ready to open up while the major leaguers might have to be down in seclusion? These are all questions that kind of need to be uh, answered. And, and so, logistically, to pull something all of this off, you know, I don't think it can happen before for June one, but realistically, July one and beyond.
0: I'll tell you what. This will be my my sixteenth season working in baseball. So. You know, for fifteen years, I feel like I've been like the luckiest guy on earth, so lucky to be able to come to the ballpark every day and to to be around the game. But you know this this is gonna give me a new appreciation. i I'll let you speak for yourself, but when we finally get back up and going again, um even if we have to stay socially distanced, this is gonna give me a brand new appreciation for what we do and for being where we get to be every day and i what i'm hoping is that it gives fans a new appreciation too for being at the events like i've noticed in in recent years there's been a trend of fans you know either being very selective about which games they go to or maybe you know from a major league standpoint watching the games on tv instead but like I, I long for the days because I'm, I'm old. But like I long for the days when you wanted to be at the event. You, you would do yep. anything to be at the ballpark. And I feel like that's gonna be like a renaissance for some people once we get
1: through this. Definitely. And, and I don't know how it feels for you as a broadcaster, but for me, spending my, my entire career in, in baseball um, for five years now, um, it's always been kind of a motto of mine since day one that every day I walk into the stadium, it, it doesn't get old. It's a different vibe than walking into a regular regular office building in um, the day that that left me I, I would wouldn't really I would know sports wasn't for me anymore it has never left me yet and so now um, that appreciation can only grow um, as I'm I'm dying to walk back into the stadium um, one just on the basis to, to get things going again with a start date and man like I am itching probably just as bad as a player because um, people you know don't realize us in the front office we get into it for the adrenaline rush that the uh, players get I mean we have the same lead up to the first pitch and, the, and how the day builds up to that game it builds up for us and we love um, that adrenaline I'm sure you as a broadcaster love to feed off a crowd and you get that feeling too um, for me it makes all the hours worth it it makes all of the meetings worth it it makes everything that we do totally worth it. it's that payoff um, and so you know right now I just I'm dying for it so I know the first time that first home game is gonna be special. Like Eric says um, a little bit later in this interview about how we can come together as a community to be together again um, and, and have that atmosphere. I, I'm, I can't wait. Just thinking about it, I'm obviously uh, really smiling. <laughs> you're, you're making me thirst
0: right now for first pitch. <laughs> and like you talk about the energy of the crowd and I, I think that's spot on. And yeah, I'll affirm that, you know, as, as a broadcaster for, for baseball or for basketball, you feed off of a special environment and I can only imagine how how special the environment's going to be that first game back, uh, if if we can have fans. I, I'm talking about the first game back with fans. Like when when what I'm presuming we're going to do is honor all the, the the medical personnel, first responders. Like that'll be that'll be a thing across the country. Uh, but that's going to be that's going to be a moment. That's really going to be a moment for the people that brought us through this, and uh, to be able to, at some point, hopefully, and be a part of it.
1: I'm dying for it. Yeah, especially after all these months of isolation for all of us, I think for a moment for when we all can come together and and celebrate just being together again around um, a sporting event and cheering it on and and feeling just, you know, we're social creatures. So we're we're all kind of craving that right now. These months are only going to make it pent up, I would hope would make it pent up, just like it has for us. And so that when we do get back, it's going to be unbelievable. So we've got to do everything that we can to one, get there as soon as possible. And then for us um, on the Aces side, be ready um, and have you guys know everything that's going on. Have open lines of communication through these podcasts and our website, and and everything that we can do to um, be ready for that day, so that we can celebrate together.
0: You did tease that Eric Edelstein will be on. He'll be on later in the show. Uh, We're going to talk with Jocelyn Landtrip in our our next segment. She is uh, with the Food Bank of Northern Nevada. A couple of events going on at Greater Nevada Field, and she'll. Uh, educate you on what you can do to help out the food bank which is which still has need at this time and I know it's it's hard to to be hands-on with your assistance but she's going to walk us through great ways that that you can help them as well. Uh, Before we get to that I want to talk about what dropped yesterday which kind of has something to do with the the lid you have on it's pretty sweet lid and it is the uh, the new alternate branding for the Aces, which I'm a huge fan of. It was a great rollout video that you guys produced. The Thank biggest you. little city. Uh, what was that like for you to go through uh, from you know step one to the unveiling, which
1: was yesterday? Man, it was uh, it was a long process. Eric kind of uh, touches on it uh, starting two years ago. That was with him. Uh, my involvement started uh, about last August when Emily took the the project by the horns. Um, she designed kind of starting the logo, designing the hat, um, and came back to the marketing team, the creative team for our ideas. Um, it gets complex when you're designing these kinds of things, even with new era, um, things that I appreciate more like what's a raised thread and what's not a raised thread on a fitted hat. Um, I never knew different levels and you'd have to figure that out. So there was a lot of, of back and forth in the creative process. And uh, um, you, like I said, wanted to incorporate a lot of the city um, and, and really bring that out with the logo and, and the design. Um, and then uh, as the year turned, uh, we started to think about how are we going to get this out there for, for the community? Um, we think that the NBA does a great job with, with their city edition uniforms. And we, you know, to be honest with you, looked at a lot of the different campaigns that they did on social media and on, on websites on what kind of tone they used, how they rolled things out. Um, and we wanted to give this idea that kind of credence, give it that kind of weight. We wanted the community to be behind this and understand why we're doing this. And so when you put this hat on, you don't just represent the Reno Aces, but you represent the BLC. You represent where you're from, Northern Nevada, and what that means to you um, and how you bring that out into other communities when you go out there or how we interact with each other personally. So, you know, with that in concept in mind, um, the best thing that we thought would be to do a video um, really to kind of show and explain where we're coming from. We have all kinds of different creative on the website that explains the brand and where we pulled from the different areas of Reno and things of that nature. Um, so we worked really hard on producing all of this content. We were down at spring training at the end of February with players shooting for the promo video, shooting still shots, getting player reactions, um, doing all of this. So that video um, that we released yesterday is probably the product of about four months of uh, first initial planning to uh, how are we going to do this, um, what is it going to look like to then actually uh, mapping it out, then actually shooting it, then editing it, um, and, and going through the whole process. So you know the whole thing for me was was eight to ten months. Uh, the last four months focused particularly on, on tying this into the community um, and I'm just I'm really proud of, of what we did um, and, and, and I hope everyone else embraces it as much as we have. All of our local partners were great to get this up and running Um, new West distributors was awesome. El Dorado casino, um, the Washoe County Sheriff's department helped us out. I went over to hug high school and shot with students and, and teachers, um, all of that stuff to bring the community into it and, um, have them be part of the message and help us tell the story, um, was the biggest thing. And I think we, I think we accomplished that. And that's what I think we can be really proud of moving forward. Um, we have a great basis and this doesn't have to stop this year. We have a hat. We're going to have a sweatshirt coming soon. We're going to have a t-shirt. Um, is it a jersey next year? Fans tell us. Um, what does this become? Um, and that's the fun part of it.
0: I thought it turned out fantastic. I can't wait to get a hat. I can't wait to get a shirt. And if you want one, you could still get one. There it is. Get the get the close-up. Uh, that is fresh. Uh, you could still get your hat and your shirt, right? You can order it online and still have it, uh, have it shipped, correct?
1: Absolutely, until Sunday you can uh, have it shipped if you have your cart over $40, you get free shipping with your order. So you wanna pick up a hat and a t-shirt, um, you wanna pick up a BLC hat and outfit yourself with some of the new gear we have in our team shop. Um, people can do that um, during these times so that they stay home, don't go to our actual team shop, but shop online, get it delivered to your door, rep us now and then you'll be ready to rep us. Um, we still intend to wear these whenever our next opening day is so, we're going to be wearing these on the field throughout the season, so rep us in the stands and rep us throughout the city. Uh, quick, before we
0: transition and take a break, uh, the promotional calendar, we don't know what it's going to look like this year. We, we had an idea, and now it, it's all predicated on when we start, if we start, how many, opening, uh, how many openings we'll have. But what, what were you most excited about in terms of the promo calendar for this year? And keep in mind, these are still elements that we could see if and when we get going.
1: Okay, so um, with the shortened season, one that we had announced with our full season that was probably going to move to next year or some future date was was Nickelodeon Night featuring SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, we were really excited about this night, and I have to tell um, everyone as a teaser, the jerseys we had designed with Nickelodeon to wear on that night were unbelievable. <laughs> um, they were really, uh, for SpongeBob fans, you'd get it in an instant. Um, we were sitting on it. I've made uh the design company put an embargo on it so no other clubs can take it or we uh we can have a shot at it next year. So I won't give too much away. Uh, but that was one that uh we were all really were excited for and just with a shortened season um probably we'll end up uh they're having to get to push next year um or we'll have to look at it in future dates.
0: Awesome man. Wait, yeah. is it is it kind of like on par with I was there for nineties night last year okay. and there were some Nickelodeon themed things going on as well. Is it kind of in that same vein?
1: It would, it would have been um, a little bit more focused on Spongebob. Uh, there was going to be a movie coming out in May that we were going to be incorporating. Um, and then, uh, you know, with the jerseys and we were going to do a lot of clips um, a little less on um, 90s night. Spongebob was at 90s night, um, but uh, we were going to have a character there, having game elements, uh, trivia, all kinds of fun stuff to, to have at the stadium. So um, good stuff for our back pocket um, moving forward. Um, not to say that it's a hundred percent out for this year, but, um, looking like that, but we will still have great promotions this year whenever the schedule comes out. Um, Eric talks about that uh, kind of calendar process, but um, again, we're going to have great promotions and, and we'll try to keep as many of the staples that people really look forward to on the calendar. And of course, for any
0: any questions you might have regarding the, the promotions or, you know, the news of what's to come, renoaces.com, it's not going anywhere. You can go to the website and uh, you could probably still explore a lot of the things that were planned. Uh, for this season, so renoaces.com, That's where to go uh, to check out the promos, to uh, get the BLC gear, and uh, also to get content like this. We're going to be producing content like this. By the way, shout out to you guys. Whoever produced the uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" with the crack of the bat the other day on Twitter was that you?
1: Uh, that was not me. That was uh, Chase, a member of our uh, creative team. Chase and Blake. Um, we have an incredible, uh, incredible team. That, that I thought that was really creative. That was something that. I get little treats, believe it or not, um, where I don't find out about these things sometimes until I, I discover them or they come out on social. Um, so I really enjoyed that too. They, did a, they do a great job of thinking of new ideas and challenging themselves of what they can do during these times. So shout out to our creative team, AJ Grimm, uh, our social media manager, for getting that up and out. Um, like I said, unbelievably talented team, as you can see from our PLC release and, and mm-hmm. everything we're doing. So we're going to try to bring you guys and keep everybody entertained
0: at aces on twitter that's uh, that is a must follow uh vince and i will be back to close out the podcast here in a little bit we're going to take a short break we'll come back and we'll have jocelyn landtrip she is uh, from the food bank of northern nevada and she'll talk about ways you can help get involved and help assist in their needs in, in this crazy covid time so more aces loaded podcasts after this <laughs>
1: We need your help follow the aces on social media and submit your questions for Zach using the hashtag #acesloaded. You could hear your question answered on the next show. Thanks for listening
0: we Continue on the aces loaded podcast and we're pleased to be joined by Jocelyn Landtrip of the food bank of northern, Nevada Jocelyn I know this is a busy time for you uh, Thanks for making time for us and, and we're happy to have you here to to talk about what's going on with the food bank So thanks for coming on with us.
2: Thank you for having me on
0: it is our pleasure. Uh, we want to talk about a couple of things, uh, and, and we want to start first with the Mobile Harvest Program, which uh, we're, we're partnering with you guys. The ACES are partnering with you guys. Uh, there's already been one event on on the 7th of this month, but the next event uh, at Greater Nevada Field is on the 17th from 9 to 1. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the Mobile Harvest Program and what's going to be going on uh, during that event?
2: Sure. The, the Mobile Harvest is a program we do all the time that We'll go to 41 locations all through the month and, and hand out food directly into neighborhoods where we know people live. But this crisis has really made us change the way we do things. And one of the things that we've had to do quite a bit differently is move to drive through distributions. So we're looking at longer distributions and looking for locations where we have really great partners that will help us, use, let us use their space because we need to spread out a little bit and we need to have a significant amount of time to distribute that food because we're seeing a lot more families coming through our lines right now and so that's what it's what it's all about right now and how it's working is families are are coming to the location some of them are we're asking that people try to register online beforehand and that's really so we know how many people are showing up. We've seen more than 500 people at a distribution. We're planning uh, for 700 at some of these distributions and we're doing different parts of town. So we really don't know exactly what to expect because we've what we've run into is thousands and thousands of residents losing their job all at the same time. And so we know we were helping 91,000 people every single month before any of this happened just because people were struggling to make ends meet with expenses. So we know that savings might be an issue for many residents. And so they're going to need help quickly. And that's what we're finding. So at this distribution, It's really an emergency food distribution. Mobile harvest has generally been about fresh produce. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's changed a little bit. We are distributing fresh produce at each of these distributions, but it's also going to be emergency boxes of food. And those will be more shelf-stable items that we'll be putting right into cars. Um, We will be serving walk-up clients. We know that not everybody who needs help, has a car, so we absolutely will be uh, serving uh, people who do not have vehicles in a walk-up kind of a more traditional fashion, but they will really need to keep six feet between each other, and that's been really tough at distribution, so we want to make sure that people know that we are really requiring that they do that.
0: I want to get into the uh, the logistical hardships of, of what you guys are dealing with here in, in just a few, but I, I want to talk first about um, kind of how, how hard your uh, coffers have been hit. I know you guys probably have, uh, you know, food that had been ready to go for a while, but because of this crisis, how taxed have you guys been in terms of the supply?
2: Really, uh, you know, the supply, we're concerned about the future, to be honest. We had a a pretty good base of food in in this warehouse to begin with. And the struggle has been the last couple of weeks getting the emergency food boxes built. So that's something, you know, we're really leaning on volunteers that don't necessarily feel like leaving their houses right now, understandably. So we're trying to make that a safe experience in getting those um, boxes built. We have the food right now that we need, but we're really concerned about the longer term. We have ordered more food already to build more of these boxes, and there are some issues with the supply chain, understandably, because we're seeing that people are buying everything in the store. Of course, there's issues with the supply chain, so we may be waiting two to three weeks for food that we used to wait a week for. So um, we we're a little worried about how it's, if this goes on for a long time, how we're gonna keep up with that demand.
0: Are you worried about the, uh, the sanitation of the food coming to you? I know, mm-hmm. you, know you deal a lot with non-perishables, but, but I know when people have come back from the store, they've been encouraged to, to sanitize whatever they bring back and, and that type of thing. Are you concerned with that at all? And if so, what can people do to make your lives easier when they donate food?
2: we are concerned um with that and unfortunately we have had to stop food drives for that very reason and i mean that's something in the 11 years i've been here we've never even thought about stopping food drives but if you think about it you you take a barrel to a business and then everybody touches that food and businesses are not open to regular traffic and all kinds of things that make food drives so wonderful are not great right now so um, we are asking that people, if they want to donate to donate money, and we are help- going out and buying that food so that 's obviously one way we 're trying to keep the food supply safe. The other way is with our volunteers we 've everybody 's wearing gloves all the time to distribute food to pack food even even cans of food we didn 't use to make people who were packing cans wear gloves, but they they need to now and they're washing their hands several times during a session. Volunteers handing out food are, are wearing gloves. And so we're we're just doing what we can to keep that food as safe as possible.
0: Well, I wanna kind of uh, reiterate a point that you made. If people wanna get involved and donate, you'd rather them donate money and not food at this time.
2: Right, we really, um, we don't also have the logistics available to be, distributing barrels and picking them up right now um, there's just too much focus on getting the food out to to the families who need it so if the easiest way to donate is online you don't have to leave your house um, Fbnn.org. every dollar helps us provide three meals it's very efficient we can source fresh produce with that and also get enough food to make these boxes we need so much
0: Uh, Jocelyn, how are you guys as an organization maintaining functionality through this this COVID crisis? Because I I think that's a challenge for a lot of people is is trying to figure out how to to operate kind of the same way you operate, but in a totally different environment. How are you guys maintaining that functionality within, within the food bank?
2: I think our organization, just like any other essential business that is still working, It is really difficult because you want to keep your employees safe. So we are doing a constant audit of, can you do that at home, (laughs) you know, and getting as many people at home as possible, but we're distributing food and that can't be at home. And then, you know, we're seeing such need that some of us who would normally be kind of tethered to the office are really out there in the field a little bit more helping with volunteers and helping hand out food so um, it's a little stressful for a lot of our employees um, but we all know how important it is so that keeps us going.
0: Can people still volunteer and, and if so what what is the protocol for people to be able to volunteer? Obviously they I would imagine they'd have to in some manner have been tested right?
2: Well, we're not testing volunteers. We are asking that volunteers that are 65 and, and older stay home. We have a, a lot of seniors that help us all the time. So that's been really difficult um, to say, you know, we don't really want you to help right now for your own safety. Sure. Um, but we, we are having a real difficult time with social distance and volunteers uh, in our warehouse to really get enough of these emergency boxes built, there isn't enough room um, to do that safely. So the convention center, the Reno-Sparks Convention Center has allowed us to use an empty room and we have pop-up sessions there all week where volunteers can go in and help us build those boxes and stand really far apart. (laughs) So we're asking them to do that. Uh, Definitely gloves are, are vital we're also asking volunteers to help us hand out food. And so that's, you're, you're in the public then some, sometimes you're just helping us direct traffic to sites like um, the one at your place. And sometimes you're putting food into cars. And so it depends on that volunteers comfort level. And, but really we're, we're, trying to be as tough as possible to keep them standing at least six feet apart, which is really tough with social beings.
0: I, I can imagine. Again, we're talking with Jocelyn Lentrip. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications at the Food Bank of Northern Nevada. Uh, let's kind of round the corner here. How can people who are in need of food and supplies connect with the food bank?
2: Thank you for asking that because we're seeing so many people that don't know what to do and they're in the situation for the first time ever. So really um, give us a call if you, if you don't know what to do. Um, but we do have great resources on our website. We have a get help section that tells you how to get food for kids in our Kids Cafe program, tells you how to go to our mobile harvest distributions. There's different ones every single day. It tells you about all of our partners and those emergency food distributions, what times they are, what you need to bring. So that is really a great resource and the best place to look because those unfortunately those schedules are changing pretty rapidly.
0: So just to recap the mobile harvest program will be at Greater Nevada Field April 17th 9 to 1 p.m. A grab and go food distribution line in the parking lots adjacent to the rotunda uh, at Greater Nevada Field and a couple of points that I want to reiterate register online beforehand. And if people who want to, if people want to donate to the food bank, normally they'd, they'd be taking food, but instead you're asking them in lieu of food to donate money, correct?
2: Yes. Thank you so much. That, um, those are all great points. You know, everybody is looking at this from a different <laughs> lens and a lot of our supporters are in need of our help right now. And so we're here for them.
0: Obviously, the the Aces are going to do everything that that we can to help you, Jocelyn. Is there any other resource you want to throw out there uh, before we let you go where people can go and and get connected with you guys in any way?
2: I would just say, you know, pay attention to our social media. We're asking for help there all the time. Um, And look at our website for the updated lists. And thank you so much for letting us do the distribution at the field because you know, without that, we, we were really having trouble with a downtown location, and we really appreciate it.
0: It is, it is our honor and our pleasure, and uh, we wish you the best. And if we could do anything more for you, please let us know, okay?
2: Thank you so much.
0: You got it. Jocelyn Landtrip, the Director of Marketing and Communications at the Food Bank of Northern Nevada. You can visit their website, fbnn.org. Jocelyn, uh, a pleasure to have you on.
2: Thank you so
1: much. Looking for more content? Check out RenoAces.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, read player, coaches, and organizational stories, shop our online store, and more. Now back to the Aces Loaded Podcast.
0: Welcome back to the Aces Loaded podcast, our thanks to Jocelyn Landtrip of the Food Bank of Northern Nevada, and we are joined now by Eric Edelstein, the president of the Reno Aces. Uh, first of all, Eric, uh, nice to nice to talk with you. I think we're like, we're one for three and actually talking in person. Our other two meetings have been via video chats. so I was hoping by this point we'd have a little better uh, batting average, but, but nonetheless, it's nice to see you.
3: Absolutely, I think it's it's great. Actually, I don't know that I'm ever going to talk to you in person. I just think this is the way we should do it, just just through a screen.
0: <laughs> well, for for the foreseeable future, I guess this is what we're what we're dealt with. So we'll plan on doing it this way. Uh, first of all, how are you and your family doing through this whole thing? Uh, you know, it, obviously uh, unprecedented what we're going through here.
3: You know, I would say like everything. You know, so much of this world is what you make of it, and there it's been undeniably miserable that we don't get to do what we do on a daily basis, but everyone is first of all, knock on wood, everyone's very healthy, all throughout my family. Um, we're also very much spread around the country. And the last two Sundays, we've had family board game nights um, through Zoom, which it, we didn't need to wait for a pandemic to do that. Um, but it's created some togetherness that is mm-hmm. even better than what it was before all of this. So, yeah. good with the bad. It's uh, it's
0: amazing. Like when I walk my dogs around the neighborhood, I see people out walking and and riding bikes with their families, and it's like it's so ironic that it it took a pandemic to get people to do what you know what had been done for years and years when people were walking together around the neighborhood and just being with each other and and not being so tethered to something outside of their families.
3: It's so true. That there is a constant drumbeat of families and dog walking and. All throughout my neighborhood, all hours of the day, like yeah, people are good. they people are making the be, you know the safest, best use of their time right now.
0: Uh, let's get into what this what this did for for you guys at the office. I I was with uh, the Pacific basketball team when all this started to happen, and, and when everybody started to become aware, we were lucky. We got our conference tournament in, and, and then we got back, and and that's when really all the other tournaments got canceled. Uh, but what were your priorities when all of this uh, COVID uh, happening started to get serious?
3: Um, you know, it, it came to a head actually with the soccer team about a week before it got real serious. Um, it was starting to pop in the North, in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had some discussions about, you know, our players. We actually played a game in Tacoma and, uh, and so that was sort of, that was March 5th that, it was like, all right, like something's coming. Um, the next week, um, it all came in a heap. Uh, I think the second that the NBA, I mean, that moment in time we're going to look back on is um, the the game in Oklahoma City that that everybody just stopped mm-hmm. and just said, "That's it, everyone leave. There's no sports." And everybody over the next twelve hours pretty much postponed their season. Um, from that point. Um, you know, it was about safety first. Like, are we even safe to be here? Um, and then it was sort of this coming reality that we're about to be away from each other for a period of time. And God, kudos to the whole leadership team. Um, we put plans together and methods of communication um, within about oh a working day and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, got those clearly communicated. Um, to make sure everyone understood, you know, this isn't a vacation. Um, we got to go to work, uh, but it's going to be different. And quite frankly, it's not safe to be here together right now. So leave. Um, and and we just, we dove, we have dove headlong in and um, it's been hard to be super productive because there's a lot of uncertainty, but I, but even if we know when we're going to start, but we can't get back to this office yet, um, I think we got people ready to, ready to crank and ready to do work.
0: Obviously health, the health and safety of everybody is first and foremost, but then you have the business element to this too. Can you educate everybody on, on minor league baseball as a small business? Because I don't think a lot of people think about a baseball team when they think about, you know, small businesses and how they're affected, but operationally that essentially is what it is. Can you educate us on, on how to try and guide a small business through this process?
3: Sure, so I mean, like any small business, there's, there's revenues and there's expenses. And people pay us for our services, um, whether that be tickets, uh, sponsorships, and, you know, at the event, buying food and beverage, merchandise. So we take in revenue for those services that we offer, um, and we have expenses in order to offer those services. Um, most, most importantly, people. And so, um, really, you know, quite literally overnight, um, our people had no revenue to earn. Mm-hmm. Um, the, just like a spigot, the water just turned off. And that's kind of the main thing we do. Uh, yes, we administer the teams. We take care of the field and the stadium. But the most critical work we do is making sure people know when we play and that they should be excited to come see us play. And right now we can't do that. So, um, so that's been the toughest part, um, is again, just the spigot turning off and having to plan the business. It's, you know, imagine an individual who loses their job, you know, it's a business that loses their job. Um, there's no job to do, um, but we still have bills to pay. And so we've got to manage our money. Um, we've got to prepare for long-term, um, and then we've got to, we've taken this time to, I guess, more or less train and prepare so that maybe we can be even better when we get back. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's really hard. We're right in the same boat as restaurants, hotels, um, everybody else. Just the spigot turned off and there isn't even a drop right now.
0: Another element to this is that, that you guys are such community partners. And I, I got the sense in talking to you and to Emily Jansen, even before I was hired that, that you guys in the organization take very seriously uh, the responsibility of being a great community partner. And I feel like now is that time more than ever. And now is a time where it could show more than ever. Can you expand on that thought?
3: Yeah. You know, now more than ever, totally agree. Um, you know, the, the, who'd have ever known, you know, I I think about the, um, the logistics coordinators at, at the hospitals right now, who could have ever known that they were going to become, you know, maybe some of the most important people on the planet for a period of time. So you never know sort of when, what you do becomes the most important thing. Um, so we always stand ready to support whatever is the most important thing. Um, it was really hard. I felt like we were stuck in mud for a couple of weeks because literally everything we do was deemed dangerous <laughs> during a pandemic. And so we were struggling a little bit with how to make meaningful difference. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to say that we've got a few different projects in the works now that I think are gonna make some meaningful difference. We've got some, some masks in production um, through our jerseys that we're gonna try to utilize to raise some funds. Um, we're also working on some merchandise fundraisers um, that are going to be 100% of those funds raised um, will be going to the needs of the healthcare workers on the front line. Um, and right now, we hear that more than anything, they actually need food. That's the single biggest need um, at our local hospitals because they're being worked so hard that they're not getting the proper nutrition um, to be healthy. So. Uh, we're going to work on that and I think we've got that going, um, ready to shoot next week. Um, and then we're also um, allowing nonprofits to use our our parking lots and our front plaza um, for whether it be collections or distributions of whatever it is that the community needs. Um, the Northern Nevada Food Bank is, uh, is going to use it twice. Um, Shakespeare Animal Fund is distributing um, uh, animal food, pet food. Um, and so they'll be doing that. They did it last week. They'll do it again this week. Um, so those are the things we're doing right now um, to try to support what's most important.
0: We talked in kind of in that same vein, we, we talked with Jocelyn Lantrip of the Food Bank of Northern Nevada right before we had you on the Mobile Harvest Program. Uh, this past Tuesday, there was one at Greater Nevada Field, and uh, you're going to host it again at Greater Nevada Field on April the 17th. Did you have a chance to see how that went operationally at all?
3: Well, you know, I actually I did happen to, to drive by. I didn't I didn't stop and figured right. I didn't want to at this point sure. add another body unnecessarily. But um, yeah, look, I mean, it looked great. There was there was a peop, there was a group of people properly socially distanced um, that were that were certainly picking up supplies. Everybody who was working with the food bank, you know, had had all the um, masks and gloves that to keep themselves safe. Um, so as long as we can safely benefit the community. Events like that are are terrific.
0: Transitioning more towards what, what the team is doing for if, if a season might even happen. Uh, you know, usually the goals of a team are pretty straightforward. They're predicated on running events according to the schedule that's planned well in advance. Uh, what are the goals of, of the team right now with no opening day in sight? I know you guys aren't just shutting things down. You mentioned that. But what are the goals now for the Reno Aces for whenever we get started again?
3: You know, it's funny, the, the goals I think are the same, the methods are different. Um, the goals are, the goal right now is similarly to what, what is normal, um, we wanna engage. We want, um, you know, we're taking the time to call our fans, thank them for, um, for being supporters. Our, our ticket sales team is embarked on the most ambitious um, call and survey and thank campaign that our organization has under, ever undertaken. Um, to try to call as many people in our database as possible individually to thank them um, for being supporters of ours. Um, So we're doing that right now. We're talking actively with our sponsors to find out what, what's happening with them, how we can help them. Um, And we're actively talking with all the various stakeholders, our city, our governmental, um, you know, I've talked with the County making sure they know that greater Nevada fields available should the health district need us. Um, So we're just, trying to maintain conversation um, with as many people as we can and help where we can, you know, with the hopes that when we're ready to play, um, they'll be ready to come back.
0: I do want to talk about a fun element or two. And I want to start with uh, with something that by the time this airs will have been released. And it's, it's the new branding. Uh, it was released yesterday, BLC, the biggest little city. It's a pretty sweet lid. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's got the 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 BLC and the the letters from the, the biggest little city sign, that type of style. Uh, can you take us behind the inception of that idea and from a broader perspective, what that idea encapsulates?
3: Yeah, so it's been really almost a two-year project. So it was a project that I very half-heartedly got started and then, um, God bless, a- Emily took on after she started and really brought it to life and took it to the finish line. Um, but it started, you know, teams years ago, a few years ago, started doing the renamings of themselves into goofy foods and weird, you know, whatever the oddities were of their mm-hmm. town, they were renaming their team. Um, and I don't know, it just never, never sounded like something that was really super cool for the Aces, wasn't the right kind of thing. Um, and then I saw it once, uh, I think it was Birmingham, they did a Magic City jersey. First of all, I didn't know that Birmingham was the magic city. I do now. You've obviously never been. Clearly. (laughs) I must be missing out. Uh, And I saw that and went, well, shoot, we're the biggest little city, and that's way more well-known than magic city. Um, We should do something with something to pay homage to biggest little city. Um, I had some designs done that weren't very special, um, that never really brought – never came to life. Um, And then Emily kind of took it on. And said, yeah, let's let's make a cap that it's almost like that inside joke or uh, that, you know, it's that inside thing that everyone in Reno is going to know exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. And When you wear it outside of Reno, everyone's going to ask you, what is that? And you're going to get to proudly tell them uh, that, yeah, it's the BLC it's the Reno aces and we're the biggest little city. You know, if you watch the video and I was I was fortunate
0: enough to voice the video and it was a a very, very well done, beautiful script. It talks about a lot of things that that really ring true about about the community and about who the biggest little city is and the people that make it up. Can you can you kind of expand on that a little bit?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's um, we we, our goal was to build a connection to um, more than baseball. So yeah, it's a baseball cap and the Reno Aces are going to wear it, but it was more about building something that the city of Reno, that all of Northern Nevada could be really proud of. Um, and you know, the arch is that sort of, I think all encompassing um, you know, point in, in the city that pulls it all together. Um, but I mean, it's a remarkable community. We've got uh, you know, a, a beautiful you know, kayakable river that goes right through downtown. Um, we've got we've got parks galore in the center of our city. Um, we've got some of the best trails in the world. Um, you know, you can fly fish literally six miles from our downtown stadium. Um, there's just there's so many unique elements of Reno. I think it's one of the most underrated um, and underappreciated communities in the country. And uh, and we wanted to bring something to life that um, you know that artistically paid homage. Um, to the uniqueness of the community. And, uh, and I hope to, I hope everyone is, is proud of it. And even if you've never been to a baseball game, I hope you'd be proud to wear the BLC hat. I can't wait to don it.
0: Like, I can't wait to actually get it. There's a, a shirt that goes along with it. And that's uh, a really cool look. And I second everything you said uh, about the community. And I couldn't be more excited to get up there. I'm, I'm bummed that I'm not up there right now. Um, this is kind of a An odd question under the circumstances, and there's no right or wrong answer, but if baseball does get going again, is there a plan in your head as to how to condense the promotional schedule? And I know that, you know, the promo schedule is something that's worked tirelessly on. uh, And and who knows if there's going to be a date and when that date might be, if it's July 1st, is there a plan in place to condense and put as much into a compact schedule uh, as possible, if that's what we're
3: left with? Um, You know, first of all, be real clear in saying that we have a team of people, uh, Emily, Vince, AJ, Jake, um, Blake, um, who have all done that before anyone had to ask. Um, so almost immediately they were putting plans in place. Um, and uh, yeah, we have we have a variety of plans based on when we play. Um, I don't think the idea is going to be to try to jam every single thing possible into the season. Um, but more or less see how much of a season we have, you know, do the biggest and the best. Um, and there might be some things maybe that we planned for this year that end up getting rolled over um, to next year. And, and if so, that's okay. Um, but, but Emily, Emily Vince and that team, um, they they're ready to go when we're ready to go. Um, and, and I know we're ready to, to shift as soon as we know how much baseball we're going to have.
0: Eric, before I let you go, uh, is I'll just open it up for you. Is there anything that you want to tell the community from from the Aces, from the team president?
3: Yeah, I mean, just that we're we're here we're here for you. Um, it's hard sometimes, you know, when when times are good, it's easy to, you know, say those types of things and and go, oh, that's nice, you know. They're they they said they're here for us, um, but I I hope that in these times we we really are demonstrating it. Um, and that we're trying to find um, we're trying to find ways to to bring the most good to our community, even though we have no opportunity at this point to really run our business, um, and and know that uh, you know even even in so much as sharing which of our partners um, are still you know, restaurants that are open for business, um, essential businesses that are still taking customers. Um, we, we want to be a mouthpiece for the community and share what's best of what's happening. Um, and I think our team is stepping up to do that in, in a, a pretty, pretty terrible situation. Um, but we'll, we'll overcome, we'll be there. And, uh, I guess lastly is, um, I'm excited to be part of the celebration of returning to life. Um, and hopefully a greater appreciation for what is normal. Um, because I don't think we'll ever uh, take for granted what is normal um after this is all done amen
0: and uh hey we thank you so much for stopping by thanks for your time for your insights i want to let you know that even though i haven't called a game for the aces yet officially is the the new voice of the team i did last year filling in for rads but uh, i'm i'm very proud to be part of your team and uh, and to be associated with you guys so uh thanks for stopping by and, and hopefully next time we chat it'll be in person face to face even if it's six feet away from each other
3: that's awesome. Well, I, I'm glad to have you on the team and we we'll, we'll con- looking forward to seeing you in person.
0: Thanks, Eric. Eric Edelstein, the president of the Reno Aces. Vince and I will be back to wrap up this edition of the podcast in just a moment. All right, we're closing things out here on the first Aces Loaded podcast. Zach Bay, Rudy Vince Rufino, uh, glad to have shared some time with you this week. We're going to be back next week, and, and we'll air these on Fridays, and, and we'll tell you how to interact with us here shortly. But we want to take the last segment to interact with, with the folks who interact with us. We didn't have a lot of time to get the word out that we're doing a Q&A this week, so we have two that we're going to bring you. Uh, and these are via Twitter. Uh, the first question from Gary Crockett. Uh, what was Kyle Crockett's batting average in college? Uh, Kyle Crockett is on the Aces roster right now. Kyle had been with the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland Indians prior to being acquired by the Diamondbacks. And the question has to do with his batting average in college. Uh, he was one for one at Virginia. One for one. He does not have a hit as a professional, but he was one for one at Virginia. Hashtag, pitchers who rake uh thanks for
3: who's right go who's
0: uh yeah yeah the uh (laughs) cavaliers the cavaliers yeah the wahoo's right Well, yeah they call like their their virginia university uh, what's that
1: (laughs) i'm sorry to anyone that went to virginia university
0: yeah university of virginia now you're real now you're really sorry now now you're really sorry (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I think the the Wahoos is like their their nickname, but it's Cavaliers. But uh, he was one for one at Virginia, so uh, obviously Gary is is related to Kyle. I'm not sure how. I don't want to speculate, but uh, wanted us to get that in there. Can't wait to meet Kyle, by the way. Once we once we finally get going. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Chris Pinder, by the way. Chad Pinder's dad. I think he liked that on on Twitter. Uh, shout out to Chris and and to Chad for that matter. Uh, also, a question from Seth Unger, a friend of mine, Seth O'Cheesey, at Seth O'Cheesy on Twitter. He worked in the uh, Stockton Ports front office with me for a period of time. He was also on the promo team. What, what am I most looking forward to starting out in Reno? That was his question to me. Great question. question, Seth. Thank you. Uh, like baseball, I'm looking forward <laughs> to baseball now more than ever so uh baseball number one uh, number two i i really am looking forward to being in reno and like i've, I've said in, in a few interviews right after it was announced that i was i was hired that reno is one of my favorite places to be like i go on on trips to reno with my wife i go with trips on trips to reno with my friends like my guys friends it's great to hike it's great to just kind of hang out downtown and it's it's such a a rejuvenated downtown in reno and and having a chance to kind of live downtown for nearly two weeks last year when I filled in for Ryan Radke, um, it struck me as a, as a great place to be. And I'm also excited to fill the shoes left by Rad's. Like he's a good friend of mine. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm honored to, to be following him. It's, I know it's, and I know it's a tall
1: task and like, yeah, Zach, I I have a question during this, uh, on that note, you know, um, what are, I mean, obviously, you know, with with uh, Ryan and, and everybody loves what, what he did for, for us and and, and um, being here and just an incredible, incredibly talented guy. I mean, going, doing Olympics, NFL, all the amazing stuff that he's doing. Um, but but for you, you know, stepping into those shoes, you know, um, obviously no one expects you to be him or, or, or wants you to be, even for that matter. But how are you approaching that? And now with the delay, is that... Like adding you know, is that making the anxiety more? Do you feel like it gives you more time to, to prepare? Um, I think everyone would be kind of curious to hear what you, what you think that.
0: Um, you know, that's a great question. I, I'm well prepared. Uh, you know, I've, I've done this for for long enough to be very comfortable in in my own my own skin. i'm I'm honored because I get to I get to follow a, a guy that set a standard and and I love the challenge of matching that standard. And living up to it so it's it's not like yeah there's there's there is the natural pressure of it but it's it's not daunting for me like i i embrace it and uh you know i am just I'm, i've always been someone who is myself like i've i you will get to know me on air i'm not going to pretend to be somebody else and i think that's part of the reason why i've had the longevity is that i've always found a way to be myself and to connect and I hope to connect with you all uh, the, the same way that Rads did for so many years and in that same uh, professional manner. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm thrilled for the challenge of, uh, of of filling in with for Rads and filling his shoes. And I want to get we should get Rads on here, man. Yeah, like yeah. This is something we're going to do. We'll get we'll yeah. get I, I, I was on the, uh, the the port, the stocks and ports, my former team and doing something similar. And they had me on. So I definitely want to have Rads on, and I think that would be fun. I want to go down memory lane, and I want yeah. him to be able to teach me about some, some Reno Aces history.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's seen so many baseball games uh, over the years in the PCL, and including ours. Um, his his knowledge and memory, too, of a, of a lot of the things is just incredible. So to pick his brain, I will absolutely have him on the podcast at, at some point. Um, we were going to do some celebratory things with him this year. We'll still do that, so not to give too much away, but – um, you know, we're forever grateful for that. But man, we can't wait to get to to know you. I, I've been really enjoying the last few weeks working together, and now moving forward. And um, we can't wait to hear your your calls and um, and get that going. Just kind of speaking from our angle. So, uh, well, you know, welcome from from all the Ball community. We're we're super excited. We can't wait to get you calling home runs and uh, and getting the excitement back at Greater Nevada Field soon.
0: Thanks, Vince. I'll say this: like when I I went up for the hot stove banquet, which now seems like forever ago. I mean, it was just it was. <laughs> less than two months ago but I was up there at Silver Legacy and it was phenomenal to meet all the fans and and the people that wanted to say hi who already kind of knew who I was which was mind-blowing to me so uh so I'm excited to get get up there when when I can but for now uh this is gonna this is gonna have to do and I'm really looking forward to doing this every Friday and and to talking with people in the community and, and again like we said in the intro being a platform for everybody and in, in Reno to connect so uh thank you so much for for all you did with your, your producing today. It's, I know it's going to be a rotating cast. You might be back next week. It might be somebody else. We'll decide as we go, but who knows? It's going to be a, a fun grab bag of, of co-hosts for sure. Uh, Vince, thanks man. And uh, look forward to, to catching you down the road.
1: Let's get it, man. Thanks for being all in for ace ball.
0: I am all in for ace ball. You can follow us on Twitter at aces and arenoaces.com to order your VLC gear, which uh, Vince has uh, modeled very nicely throughout the course of this, uh, this podcast. so, Uh, Until then, uh, thank you for tuning into the Aces Loaded Podcast. We
3: will see you next Friday.